Okay. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm doing well. I was just going to say, um, we are on Simply Jewel, a typical podcast where we are atypical of the average. So I'm just so excited that you're on tonight. Welcome. And I was also excited because we've had some wonderful conversations. So we, I just want the audience to know they are in for a treat. And I would like for you to introduce uh, my guest tonight, Valerie Kendall, who is the author of a wonderful book. And we're hoping to do more with the book. Um, I'm going to let Valerie uh, take over tonight. And let's just have a good conversation about your book. So, Valerie, name your book and... Um, tell us what's different about your book. Okay. The title of my book is The Blowing of Life. And my book was written to be uh, short stories for adults. And the reason of that is because the Holy Spirit gave it to me. And also because I am a get in and get out type of reader. And I just wanted my books to be impacted with power without being thousands and hundreds of pages. So that's what makes my books different. Nice. And and that the good thing about it is you're wanting to do more with this book. So can you tell the audience how long did it take you to work on this book and tell us um, what really what drove you to make this happen okay it took I started this book in 2013 2014 and the story got trapped in two different laptops that crashed on me and then in June of 2019, when I was suddenly uh, withdrawn from my job due to an injury uh, and settled out with the company, I ended up at a standstill. After life happened, I moved out of my place into my son's because the Holy Spirit had already started telling me I was going to relocate to Georgia, where I am currently living now. And I was going to resist at first. And I said, then the Holy Spirit said, no, you're going. So in that year of 2019, I'm sitting idle. One day the Holy Spirit says, now write. And I begin to sit down at the computer as well as with my composition book and started writing, then typing. And I stayed consistent until I had relocated to Georgia by December of 2019 and completed it by March or April of 2020. Nice, nice. And what do you want to convey to the world after writing this book? What message do you want to send to the world? 
I want to let the world know, men and women, trials, tribulations will come. Some will knock you down to your knees, bow you over, bow you over, however one wish to use that word. Uh, even literally make you want to check yourself out. But if you stay the course and see the end, you will have a greater result. You would have grown. And not only that, you got something to give someone who feels that there is no hope for tomorrow. There is no, well, I read it in the Bible. I heard it from the pastor. But that's what you all say. But you just don't know what I'm going through. Stay the course. See it through. And I promise you, if God is in the master plan, your, your life and neither will your story go untold. Oh, that's powerful. That's nice. Now, it's, it's clear you, clearly you've been going through a journey. So take us through this book and tell us, like, what was your journey like? You know, the beginning, the middle, and then maybe the end because it sounds like it's a, a thriller it sounds like there's so much that took place um we're we're gonna be on the edge of our seats or what do you think what can you tell us about your journey well i am expecting readers to be on the edge of their seat as they're nearing the end as I go back to beginning, it started when I was about five and a half years of age, still living at home with my biological parent. And my mother was hardly ever home. Uh, we pretty much was raising ourselves. And I being the young, I mean, the oldest girl out of eight siblings, I have four brothers and I'm the oldest girl. I had the mother Mary mentality. Uh, sometimes people used to call me Little Alice, uh, as I called myself, because my mom, whenever she was around, her and I would be dancing, cleaning, because my mother loved to dance. She loved dancing. She loved music, even up until the time of her demise. But from that time on, I was doing my best to make sure the house stayed clean, taking care of my siblings. Then by the time of six years old, we uh, transitioned from our biological parents into foster care system where I and my siblings remain till we aged out of school at 18. But even in that time and transition of foster care, I went through the three different types of foster homes, as I like to say, um, the ones that care the ones that's in it for the money, as well as abuse that you were already walking through, which I did. And I came across that uh, abuse in a sexual way, as well as physical, even in the foster care system until we were transferred from one home to another. Then 19, got pregnant, I got married, and then the physical abuse continued. Then in that, I lost my children. But in all of that, there was still a mixture going on, unaware 
and it took 35 years for me to find out exactly how I got divorced from my children's father, which that was uh, unveiled to me in the year of 2019. And it was truly an eye opener. So from that point on is where all of this story derived to write and to know that now I had a story to really tell the public, to give them hope for their tomorrow, as scripture was saying. Oh, wow. So it took you 35 years to find out how your divorce was filed, finalized. Like, how how was that? Well, uh, in the discovery of a family friend uh, that helped me uh, when I all of this started in 2017, the injury of the job. And I always say nothing just happens by mistake. There is a plan to everything, no matter how minute or large it might be, there is a plan. So I discovered in 2017 that, you know, I'm being assessed with child support and I'm like, that's not possible. So after I got the family or my aunt, who is now deceased, um, got the family friend involved, that's when the realization came of how I got divorced. My children's father and his first lawyer demised the plan to bring, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they defrauded the court system. Uh, which I have those two words in the book. And they, uh, you know, brought fraud upon the courts. Um, And in all of this is when I realized, okay, I never was there for a general magistrate hearing. Uh, I got the first half of, of course, you know, the beginning, you're being divorced. Then I get the next summons, um, you know, you have to appear in court in 30 days, but I was younger than him and naive. So I had no idea what it meant. And I ended up finally, the Holy Spirit said, read your paper, pick the paper up one day out the blue. I'm like, oh my God. So I run down to legal aid back then and legal aid said, yes, you got a case, but you waited so long, we can't you know, prepare the case. We just don't have enough time. So my question then was, well, what do I do now? They say, well, you just go home and wait for your um, court papers to tell you to appear for the final hearing. Well, never got those papers. The next papers documentation that I received from the courts told me that I am now divorced. And in that, I lost my children and everything. So that was, I was on my way to a path. And so were my children that we had no idea what was waiting across the river for us. That's amazing. That's just crazy. And the thing about it is your journey is so, um, 
what is the word I want to use? It's like we all have journeys, but you never know what a person is going through. And it's tell us more about the book. Like clearly, you made it through. And but the journey, what was that like? Like just experiencing some of these hard times. What were you like? Did you have like healthy a healthy mindset? What did you do to give you strength to move forward? No, my mindset I thought was healthy, but it wasn't at that time. And I think my remedy to dealing with the loss of the children, uh, still dealing, though my children's father had remarried uh, a few short months, I believe it was eight months after our divorce was finalized to the wife he is currently still married to, uh, I was still experiencing physical abuse from him and I would call the police and the police would always say well who witnessed it and I'm like well no one it was like he just you know had pulled me over on the side of the road or you know he would call my job and harass me about this and that and the police would say well because there was no witnesses there's nothing we can do about it And this went on for some years while he's now still married to his current wife. So my mindset was, okay, when I guess I could no longer bear the pressure, I always would move away. But every time I moved away, whether it been Tennessee, Colorado, Georgia, which I moved to several times, but it was not my season to be here. So I could never really stay here or anywhere very long before things, situations would arrive that would bring me back to Tampa, Florida. And I always kept saying, why do I keep coming back to this place? And a few people told me maybe because you have unfinished business. But still, I didn't believe that. I really didn't. But then as time proved itself, there was unfinished business. So that was my way of dealing with this situation. I even had one time I went into depression. I didn't even know I was depressed. I was watching a commercial one day. Back then, they don't even play that commercial anymore. They give you the symptoms. If you have these symptoms, X, Y, and Z, you are going through depression. And I'm watching, oh my God. I got that, 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 that. And my my Friday evening would be sometimes when instead of going out partying, I come home, I open the medicine cabinet, trying to choose which medicine I'm going to take. Because at that time, death seemed sweeter than life. And it was just a lot of things that I just went through and I had to bear up under and... It, it was it was really trying some days. It really was. So that is amazing. So you took medicine to not have to deal with the situation or what was going on because it was so much. You were probably so overwhelmed that you just didn't know how to process everything. Were you like, did you have friends and family that supported or knew what you were going through? 
Yes, my friends more so than my family. Because like I said, we grew up in foster care, my siblings and I. Though we lived two streets over in the same neighborhood, but we were still somewhat disconnected. So my best friends were the ones that was there for me. If I had to go to the children's father's house to take money or food, which I would supply, uh, clothes, whatever, sometimes I would take my friends with me for protection and a witness. And uh, so mm -hmm. they saw what was going on for us on the tail end of the marriage. But the things that I had endured leading up to getting married, like the childhood abuse, uh, outside of become, you know coming into foster care, then once I came into foster care and things, and sometimes I would sit and tell them the things I endured. And some, some of them would actually be sitting at the table crying. Like, I don't think I could have done that and still live. Right, right. Yes, it, um, it was hard. That is horrible. So because you were going through so much and you, even though you were letting people know what you were going through, it just seemed like nobody knew how to get you help or what made you decide to just... Wait, let me see how can I explain it because that is something all of that is in the book huh yes some of and some things are still not yet told oh wow okay so what made you what gave you the strength to write about your book and so to tell them what made you say I is this to help you to heal is it to uh, bring awareness to all the ladies is it is it more about um, this your situation as far as being married and abused I'm trying to understand because it's, it's a lot and it just seems like wow you have a story to tell you can help somebody to heal because clearly you made it on the other side so that would be my question is how did you grow from all of that oh it was a variety of things that helped me grow uh, I believe that I was just born for this though i didn't know it at the time as i put in the book god knew i could bear it though it would cripple me i remember one specific time in 1995 things was i had something very traumatic happen to me and it nearly killed me i lost a very good friend behind it and it was not of my doing, but it was life. And I almost died this one particular day because I almost ran my car underneath a semi-truck. I was so distraught from what happened. But I came home, I talked to someone, I got it together. And that's a story that I just will not tell in any book because of the people involved. But okay. anyway, it's like as that incident took place 
Then I came back. I had a job I was supposed to start. And I, I had grace for this job because instead of the man firing me because I didn't show up, they never heard from me for an entire two weeks. The man called one day. I answered. He says, what happened? We've been holding your position. And I just told him I had a family crisis and I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. He says, well, we still want to offer you the job. And if you would take it, I say, yes, I need the job. And I had favor with this job, DHL Airways. And it, it was a very uplifting job for me. But anyway, but in that transition of that time, I, it was so much coming down the pipeline. It's almost, I, I can visualize it because it, I felt it. I couldn't stand up before something else came and knocked me down. Every time I got ready to stand up, something came. Stand up, something came. And I remember one day I was like, God, why? What is this? I can't take no more. And I felt the spirit said, yes, you can. Yes, you can. So I rose up, went to work that job, and life was good on one spectrum, but it was still chaos on the other spectrum. So though I smiled, laughed, encouraged others, I still had my torment that I was going through. And I just didn't tell anybody and everybody, only people that I felt that I could tell that would be there, that would support me, you know, that wouldn't look at me like a one-eyed monster, but though they may not relate totally, but enough to be humanized. Yeah, and to to support you where you didn't feel ashamed or felt like they were attacking you, you had to feel safe. Is that yes? Yes, yes. Wow, yes, that's exactly. amazing. And you've made it through all that. And and how old are your kids? You have three three boys. Oh, yes, I have three sons. And as I tell people, as you get older my age, you be like, girl, I don't know. They're in their 30s, they're in their 40s. So I say, all my kids, they're in their 40s. So, yeah. <laughs> That is amazing. So tell them where to find this book. Where can we get this book? Because it's going to be a good read. And um, let's see. I'm also going to put your social platforms in the description box um, below. Uh, So tell them where to find your book. Okay, my book is available online ebook as well as paperback you can order through amazon and you may order through my publisher editor um tavaris entertainment.net and that's spelled t-a-v-a-r-e-s entertainment.net i mean dot net excuse me forward slash publish books and there you can get the book for $9.99 and you will get an autographed signature because I will be the one mailing the book off to you. And if there's any shipping and handling involved, you will know that price as well. But, uh, and that's where you can find the books. 
Nice. And it's called The Blowing of Life. Of Life. Tell them about the cover. I think that cover is awesome. What inspired you to the, the cover of your book? Well, as I was beginning to write the story, uh, not long into writing, I was like, God, I need a picture. I need a, I need a cover. And I was like, Lord, what shall I do? So the Lord said, the blowing of life. I'm like, oh, okay, the blowing of life. Yeah. So then I went on to the arts part because I'm somewhat computer suave, but not a lot. I call myself intermediate. But anyway, I went on to the graphics and I was looking at wind blowing. So I got an idea from there, but it was not what I really wanted. So I sat there and I drew it and I drew the face of a woman with her hair blowing back and out of her mouth is coming life. All the things that I lost, money, cars, husbands, relationships, children, all of it just blowing, the blowing of life. And that's where the cover came from. And I give credit to my uh, book cover designer, German Creative. She is excellent. And I gave her the vision for it's the artwork that I did and told her this is what I want. I want a, you know, African-American woman blowing life. And she nailed it. Very nice. She is an excellent, excellent book cover designer for anyone that's interested. And so you were able to, that's really nice. It's really a nice cover. And you were able to um, uh, just have this vision, which really, that's amazing too, just to blow life. And what other um but what else can you tell us about the book um i just think it's wonderful i was thinking about the back part of the, the book but i'm not able to pull it up um what else can you tell us i mean it sounds interesting it sounds like your journey was difficult but you kept going you didn't give up and you worked and was able to pull yourself up so to me that's very encouraging because a lot of people are stuck and especially during these times but to like you said not to give up just keep going yes well as my uh back cover of the book says uh i always once i got into church and I fell in love with the Lord at the age of 12, but I really, really fell in love with the Lord at the age of, I want to say I was in my forties and I started really listening, hearing this sermon on Joseph, the life of Joseph and give credit to Dr. Tony Evans. He did a series called the detours to destiny. And I was listening to those seven series that he did it. And I saw so much of my life. And that's why I say my life was like the biblical character of Joseph. Though Joseph's brother sold him into slavery, but they don't know that they were doing the will of God. 
And every journey that Joseph went, he found favor. Though it was not creams and, and you know, muffins or etc. But Joseph was always in a high position no matter what trial he was going through at that particular time and where he was centered and I felt that was my life no matter what home I went to whom I met along the way it was all predestined and God used man whether it was positive or negative to get me to where I am today, to put me through all that I went through so that I will have a story to write now that I could not write in 2013, 2014 because the story was not yet complete enough to write. So it was inspired to give hope to the hopeless, sight to the blindness, courage to the one who feels they are not strong enough to stand up against the adversities of life that's very nice and that's what some people you know really need to hear because we we say it all the time you know if I can go through it or we only know God gives us all an assignment or we all have a journey Um, and what doesn't kill you make you stronger and all these things come to mind when you were saying that when you were speaking and it just that's what I feel the world needs right now is to be able to listen and be able to tell a story, tell your story, because we all have a story. And if people would take the time to understand what what people are going through, we would be in a better position. You know, but I'm, I'm so glad that you came on and I'm so glad that you expressed what your book was about and anything else that sounds juicy, but yet serious. And so is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? Uh, Yes, for those who are in the Atlanta area, whether you're visiting or living here, I have an upcoming book signing June 4th at Nubian Bookstore, which is located off of Jonesboro Avenue and South Lake Parkway from one to three. I look forward to seeing you. Oh, that'll be great. So your very first book signing. So yes, everyone, let's support, grab the book. And like she said, you can get it electronically or uh, paperback. And it's called The Blowing of Life, also on Amazon. And just a word of encouragement. Um, You're sounding good, um, Valerie. And I'm so glad that you've made it through the storm and continue success to you um and just know that you're always welcome uh back on simply jewel a typical podcast we can talk about the book we can talk about how you're doing uh because like i say it is your life uh although it's it's very interesting and there's so many good parts to the book that um it's a good read 
So I just want to say thank you for coming on. And I want to say good night to everyone and let you all know that you are listening to Simply Jewel, a typical podcast where we are atypical of the average. And you're also welcome to go to simplyjewel.com, fill out the um format there if you need any assistance or just shoot me an email shoot an email if you have questions comments for valerie i can get them to her we'll also put her social media plat um handles uh in the description box but just to uh say hello to valerie and who knows? Let her know that you've got the book and what you think about the book. But it's going to be a good day. From this point yes. forward, we're going to stay positive and encourage you. And just thank you for coming on and taking this time to let us know about your book, the book signing. And we look forward to speaking to you again. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next, we wrap. You are listening to Simply Jewel, a typical podcast. Thanks, Valerie. Let's talk soon. All right. And thank you, Jewel. And it was my pleasure. Thank you. Peace and blessings, everyone. Yes. Good. Wow, everybody, that was wonderful. I just want to thank Valerie for coming on and also encourage you to sit tight. I am going to um, add some excerpts on here from an earlier conversation that she and I had uh, regarding her book. And let's not forget to support because this is her life. But as she said, um, she's looking to expand it more. So not only are we going to get um, the blowing of life, but there would be another part uh, to her book. And I'm just looking forward to reading and understanding uh, the life that she lived. So stand by. There's more. you end up in the foster home system, the foster care system? Well, we were taken away from our mother and father because no one was hardly home to take care of us. We were basically taking care of ourselves. And back then, more so, uh, the social workers would still come around. And I remember uh-huh. the lady, she would come around and she saw that we every time she came, we were always home alone. So eventually, I guess she put in the paperwork for us to be taken away from our home. And from there, we went into the foster care system and we stayed in it until we aged out at the age of 18. Oh, no. Yes, we never so went back home. So do you talk to your mom or... Did you have a relationship with Once I entered the foster care system, uh, by that time I'm going on six years of age, um, I also had to go through uh, racism 
from, you know, the uh, from my community uh, because my, I was fair skinned. My hair was long and uh, kids used to call me everything but black. And uh, so I had to learn to fend for myself and fight for myself. And then growing up in this. Well, also about the book, I one thing story that stands out in particular I talk about is the Easter uh, dress. See, back then, I we hardly ever got new clothes. We grew up over off of Central Street and Scott Avenue, I believe it was, in Tampa, Florida, off of Nebraska, and Scott Street. There was projects over there, but now half of those projects were torn down. They sit right by Interstate I-4. Well, this one particular Sunday, my mother bought us some um, Easter clothes for the first time we had new clothes. So I I don't know what possessed me, but I got up that morning. I guess I just wanted to strut through the neighborhood. Look at me, world. Look how pretty I am. Because my hair was long. I had my hair was like down to my butt then. So I go strutting through the neighborhood and I met up with this young lady. And this young girl and I, we've had incidents in the past, but I met up with her on that particular Sunday and we exchanged some words or whatever happened. And next thing I knew, we were in an altercation. And for the first time in my life, I actually fought back. And I got home, my dress was torn, my hair was all a mess. My mother was going to beat me and my baby brother, who, you know, we're like peas in a pot. He was standing there and he told my mom, no, mama, don't beat her, don't beat her. She beat the girl up. (laughs) So that was the only thing that saved me from a whipping that day. But mama didn't make us take off our church clothes, even though we never made it to church. Everybody got to keep on their brand new clothes. So foster care system, the very first home I entered into, we were taught morals and values and manners. You know, our mother made sure our hair was combed, our clothes was ironed and pressed all the time. We were never raggedy. We never went hungry. We had well-balanced meals, but we were taught values for us how to clean a house and mom would always talk to us about you know what it takes to be a good wife or a good mother so all and even though that was my very first foster home by the time I transitioned to my second one all those values that was laid down in the very first home just followed me through my adult years and come to find out later that was my mother Yes. Yeah. So back then, um, you know, they would only allow you to the parents, I guess, to see the children if the foster parents felt that it was good, you know, for them, providing that the social services agreed as well. So, yeah. So that's how we ended up in the foster care system. Your parents? Well, my mother passed uh, in June of 2000. But. My mother started coming around to see us 
uh, she was sitting in the cars because from what she told me at a later time when I had already started having children, she would come and see us and she would call our foster parents because it was eight of us. So it was two siblings per household, but we all grew up in the same community. So I remember one distinct time and it's in the book we, I was on the street playing ball and the ball got away and I said it was a God divine moment. And I ran to get the ball and it was this car parked. And as I picked the ball up and start walking back to the other children, this lady said, hey, little girl. And I looked at her, I didn't know who she was. And I said, hi, she said, you're so pretty. I said, thank you. And I just kept walking. I didn't know my mom, actually my mother and I, we had the opportunity to bond when I had my children. And I want to say, oh, that had to be a set, a maybe starting in 88, 89, my mother and I, because my mother ended up babysitting my kids for me. And my mother and I built a relationship from there because even though I went into the foster care system, and I had good homes, but no one stole my mother's heart from me. I always longed for my mother. And when I had that opportunity to bond with her, we had a beautiful relationship. We really did. That's wonderful. Well, that's- uh, no, my oldest brother, which he did not end up in the foster care system. But he had a relationship with my mom. Him and I, we were the closest to my mother. My other siblings, they respected her as mom, but they never called her as mom. They would call her by her name, Mary Alice. So I have an upcoming sequel that I like that will tie into this story. And this sequel will be more about the trials and the tribulations of that divorce and the things that my children endured and the things that I had to do to try to come in and save them because I saw them pretty much taking the same path of life that I took. And I just could not let that happen so speaking with valerie um we will continue to keep in touch and we'll continue to uh, move forward in supporting her but what i also would like to do is have her come back and uh hopefully we'll we'll give people time to get the book and then let's just have a uh um a session where we talk about things or maybe you know valerie this is something powerful and you could help somebody by telling your truth and helping others to realize that you know it may be hard and difficult but keep hope alive stay positive and and you can literally help somebody to heal so thank you for coming on um we will be talking soon and let's just take a break and we'll um say good night to all the um listeners 
again, you are listening to Simply Jewel, a typical podcast. If you'd like, you can go to simplyjewel.com um, where you can contact me or um, be able to shoot me an email if you have questions. Leave a comment here on pod, on um, Simply Jewel, a typical podcast for Valerie. If you have any questions, comments, um, um, we can get them to her and also be able to speak with her again soon. So thank you, Valerie, for coming on and you um, have a good night, everybody. Peace and blessings. Thank you, Miss Jewel, and good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night.